بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سورة البلد سورة البلد is also a Makki سورة and it is said that it was revealed after سورة قاف لا أقسم بهذا البلد لا no أقسم I swear بهذا البلد by this city meaning I swear by this city which city the city of Makkah the city of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he was born where he was given prophethood allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by the city of makkah why because it is the most blessed of lands where our dear prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was born this land that is muharram that is sacred where the house of allah is the land that is most beloved to allah the land that ibrahim alayhi salam left his family to reside in the land where every muslim must visit uqsimu bihadha albalad wa anta hillun and you o prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam are hillun bihadha albalad in this city you are hill in this city what does it mean by hill Hill firstly means resident. Literally, one who is halal, meaning one who is free to go about because you reside there. And this is what makes the city of Makkah even more honorable. That the last final messenger of Allah was from that city. He was born in that city. So firstly, Allah takes an oath by the city of Makkah. Then He mentions another significance of the city, that anta hillun. That the Prophet ﷺ was a resident of that city for a very long time. He was born there. Another meaning of the word hill is violated. That you have been violated over here. Because halla, halla is to untie, open up something. So hill meaning one who has been made halal. And this is amazing. That in this sacred city, even the plants and birds cannot be harmed yet you have been made halal for oppression for persecution for violence anta hillun bihadha albala and then this would be taken as a question that this is ironic this holy land in it your life and your honor are not secure because this is what happened a time came when it was unsafe for muslims to even go around in the most holiest of lands in the most sacred place the city of makkah is such that even the arabs of jahiliya would respect its sacredness how that even if they found the worst criminal in the city of makkah they wouldn't touch him even the criminals found safety in the city of makkah It is said that even if a person found his father's murderer in the city of Makkah, he couldn't hurt him. He wouldn't hurt him. But it's amazing that the Prophet ﷺ in the city of Makkah, he was abused. He was harmed. And Allah expresses His amazement. أَنْتَ حِلٌّ بِهَذَا الْبَلَدِ This is amazing. What is happening over here? We see that The Prophet 
was informed from the very beginning that he would be evicted from the land of Makkah. Remember, after the first revelation, Khadija radiallahu anha took the Prophet wasallam to Waraqah bin Nawfal. And Waraqah, amongst the things he said was, that if I were alive when you will be evicted from the city, surely I would defend you. And the Prophet wasallam was amazed. Are they going to expel me from here? And Waraqah said that there is no man who proclaims a message that you have proclaimed except that this is how his people treat him. So the Prophet ﷺ knew from the beginning that he was going to be evicted from the city of Makkah. So you can imagine, in Makkah, the fear that the Prophet ﷺ was in. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this surah, assuring him that وَأَنْتَ حِلٌّ بِهَذَا الْبَلَدِ And then, hill will be understood as free of restriction. Free of restriction. You have been made halal in the sense that for you, everything is halal in the city. Yes, they will evict you, but Allah will bring you back. And when Allah will bring you back, to conquer the city of Makkah, then Allah will give you free disposal of this land also. And so we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Verily, Allah has made the city sacred on the day that He created the heavens and the earth. Therefore, it is sacred by the sanctity of Allah until the day of judgment. Its trees should not be cut, and its bushes and grass should not be removed. And it was only made lawful for me for one hour of a day, meaning for some time of the day. And this is at the conquest of Makkah. Because there were some criminals who had to be caught. And if they took refuge around the Kaaba in the sacred land, still they would not be safe. So this exclusive permission was given to who? To the Prophet ﷺ on that day. So وَأَنْتَ حِلٌّ بِهَذَا الْبَلَدِ وَوَالِدٍ And walid Meaning, and I swear by walid وَمَا walad And that which he gave birth to. Walid, one who bears children. So walid is who? Father or parent. And ma walad is that who was given birth to. So who is the father of all people? Adam alayhi salam. So walid refers to Adam. And ma walad is who? All of mankind. Or walid can refer to Ibrahim alayhi salam. And ma walad can refer to his son Ismail alayhi salam. And both of them built the house of Allah together. وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ Ibrahim. When Ibrahim alayhi salam was building the house. With who? With Ismail. And from his descendants was also who? The Prophet ﷺ. What is the conclusion of this oath? لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ We have certainly created man into hardship. Meaning man has been created in pure hardship. Man's life, his existence is such that it is full of hardship from the beginning to the end. This entire life is full of hardship. Was the Prophet ﷺ facing any hardship in Makkah? Yes, he was. Was there any difficulty he experienced before prophethood? Yes, there was. A different kind of difficulty. After prophethood, 
that difficulty was of a different nature. Correct? But then you wonder, Allah's Messenger in the most holiest of lands, He is being persecuted in a place where even a tree cannot be cut, a pigeon cannot be hurt, the Prophet of Allah is being physically abused. How? Why? Because لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ Allah has created human being fi kabad. What does kabad mean? Kabad is from the word kabid, and kabid is used for the liver. Kabid means liver. It is said, kabadahumul bard. What is bard? Cold. So kabadahum meaning the cold affected them severely. You see, sometimes you feel cold on the outside, right? So you just put a jacket on or something warm, and you feel okay. But sometimes you feel cold where? Inside your body. You feel like the cold is getting inside of you. So no matter how many thick sweaters you wear, you still feel cold. This is kabadahumul bard. Because where's your liver? Where's your liver? Is it hanging outside your body? Is it on the external? Like your nose or your ear is? No. It's an organ that's hidden inside the body. So when... Cold gets inside you. It reaches inside you. It has hurt you so much. So from this, the word kibad is used for struggle. To struggle with something. To struggle with the difficulty and the severity of something. To undergo trouble and inconvenience. So what is kabad? Difficulty. Distress. And you see... The difficulties that we experience in our lives, are they only external? No. Sometimes they're so severe, and many times they are, that we are emotionally disturbed. We are disturbed from inside. We feel the pain inside. You know, it's amazing. It's cold outside, but you get a headache. Happens with some people. Or it's hot outside, but they get a headache. The suffering is where? Inside. Somebody says something, it's only words. But it breaks your heart. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ What does this mean? That man has not come to this world for enjoyment and fun. No. If you think life is meant to be easy and fun, you've got it all wrong. Life is not meant to be for fun. Life is not for enjoyment. It is for work. In obedience, there is hardship. In bearing difficulties of this life also, there is hardship. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ In achieving some goal, there is hardship. And you know how you used to think when you were in grade 11, after grade 11, then things will be easy. And then what happened? First year university, and you thought, okay, you know what, this is the beginning, hopefully second year should be easier. But the difficulty only increases. And you think, once I graduate, good. But when work begins, isn't it? Every stage of our life is what? It's filled with hardship. It's filled with difficulty. Because life is meant to be difficult. If you think about it, human life in general, no matter where people live, no matter what conditions they're living in, no matter what quality of life they have, they all people experience Hardship. Even if you come across a person who's just living for themselves, meaning they don't have the burden of making money, 
they don't have the burden of looking after any children or anything like that. They're living for themselves. But just eating and drinking and showering and dressing up and going for this appointment and then that appointment, even that is what? Kabad. There is difficulty in that. You know, we think babies have it all easy. Their life is the easiest. No. Have you ever seen how much they cry? Why do they cry? Because they're in distress. What kind of distress is that? Either something physical or something else. Just imagine being unable to burp. And that is causing so much hardship to the poor baby. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ Ibn Abbas anhu said that man was conceived and held in his mother's womb. The mother bore the pangs of birth. The hardship, and then finally, when the child is born, right, when the child is born, you know, this is what they say to the mother, oh, you're exhausted, even the baby is exhausted. Giving birth is not just painful for the mother, it's also very painful for the baby, for the child that is born. Difficulty starts from then on. Then what happens? The difficulty of nursing, the difficulty of burping, the difficulty of teething. Isn't it? Then the difficulty of crawling and walking and falling, of talking, communicating, the difficulty of weaning, of eating, digesting foods, and then learning to read, and then learning to write, and then school, and then homework, and then peers, and then the playground, and the difficulties with friends. It starts from the beginning. And then even in old age, what happens? Does life get easy? No, it doesn't. It gets hard again. Same difficulties of eating, of drinking, of sleeping, of using the bathroom, walking, one health concern after another. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ And it doesn't end with death. Because even death is so difficult. After death is again difficulty. In the grave, every person is pressed by the grave. Every person. The Sahabi who died, and the Prophet said about him, Sa'ad bin Mu'adh that the throne of Allah shook. It shook at the death of Sa'ad bin Mu'adh Even he was pressed by the grave. And then in the grave, the questioning by the Munkar Nakir. And then staying in the grave. And then the difficulties of the Day of Judgment, when a person will be alone. No clothes, no money, nothing. No one to even be by his side. No, the mother is running away, and the father is running away, and the children are avoiding each person lonely on the Day of Judgment. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ Then the difficulty of the hisab, the difficulty of crossing the bridge. Until a person sets foot in paradise, they are in hardship. Ease, relief is only in Jannah. It's not outside of paradise. So until a person enters paradise, they are in hardship. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ أَيَحْسَبُ Does he think, أَلَّنْ يَقْدِرَ that on that لن never يقدر he has power عليه on him أحد anybody does man think 
that no one has power over him? Does he think that no one can overcome him? Can control him? Because you see, as a person grows, they become physically, financially capable and strong. They begin to feel very powerful. And due to that, many people, they do things, they say things that are wrong. And they think that they have the freedom to do whatever they want. My life. It's my life. Allah says, أَيَحْسَبُ أَلَّنْ يَقْدِرَ عَلَيْهِ أَحَدٍ So this misconception is clarified over here, that no, what you think is wrong. You think no one has control over you? That you're in control of your life? No, you don't have control over your life. You're deceived. No matter how much power you have, you belong to Allah. He sent you here. He will take you away from here. أَيَحْسَبُ أَلَّنْ يَقْدِرَ عَلَيْهِ أَحَدٍ And who thinks like that? That no one has power over me. I'm free. I can do whatever I want. Someone who believes that they have the right to live however they want, to say whatever they want, to do whatever they want. This is wrong. Because we belong to Allah. We are His servants. يَقُولُ أَهْلَكْتُ He says, أَهْلَكْتُ I have destroyed. مَالًا Wealth Lubada in abundance. Lubad, lambada, libda. Libda is to stick, to pack, you know, to layer one thing on top of the other. The word is also used for compacted hair. So imagine somebody with thick hair and then with oil or gel or something like that. It's all well compacted. So, yaqulu ahlaktu mala lubada. Man says that I have destroyed so much wealth. Meaning when he has money, he shows off. He doesn't say, أنفقتو, I have spent. He says, أهلكتو, I have wasted. I have used up. You see the Arabs, they had this tradition where they would get drunk on purpose. And then they would have all their property, like for example their camels. And then they would slaughter them in that state of drunkenness, one animal after the other. Because when they would be drunk, they wouldn't know how many they are slaughtering. Or they're not in their right mind. So in a state of full consciousness, they wouldn't dare spend so much in charity. Right? Or spend so much on others. So a person, when he would have a lot of wealth and he wanted to impress people, what would he do? He would get drunk on purpose and then go on slaughtering his animals. Oh, I am so rich, I can waste so much money. I am so rich, I can afford this and I can afford that. And really if you think about it, it might sound very silly, but what do we do? What do we do? What kind of pride do we feel when we buy something super expensive? Or when we eat something super expensive? Or when we go somewhere and for that we have spent a lot of money? How do we feel? We boast about it. Oh, I visited that place. I've actually eaten at that restaurant multiple times. I actually have this and this and this. يَقُولُ أَهْلَكْتُ مَالَ اللُّبَدَى He boasts. He shows off. أَيَحْسَبُ What's wrong with him? Does he think that أَلَّمْ يَرَهُ أَحَدْ That no one sees him? How foolish! That here he is wasting money 
And then he's not just wasting it, he has to show off about it, he has to talk about it. What's wrong with him? Does he think nobody saw him? Nobody sees him? Who sees him? Allah sees him. Allah is watching him. How he's wasting money. Inna rabbaka labil mirsad. Notice how, yahsabu, yahsabu. Does he think like this? Does he think like this? And in between is what? Yaqulu, he says. Because our thinking remain in our head? Does it? And then what happens? It comes out of our mouth also. Our thinking becomes our words. What we think turns into our speech. أَيَحْسَبُ أَن لَمْ يَرَهُ أَحَدٌ Does he think that no one has seen him? أَلَمْ نَجْعَلْ لَهُ عَيْنَيْنِ So proud man is. Did we not make for him two eyes? عينين, dual of عين. We made two eyes for him so that he can see. وَلِسَانًا and a tongue. وَشَفَتَيْنِ and two lips. شَفَتَيْنِ refers to the lips. شَفَة is one lip. And شَفَتَيْنِ both the lips. We gave him a tongue and two lips with which he can speak. But what is he using his eyes and his mouth for? What is he doing with his eyes? And what is he doing with his words? وَهَدَيْنَاهُ النَّجْدَيْنِ And we have shown him the two ways. We have guided him to النَّجْدَيْنِ نَجْدَيْنِ Dual of the word najd. This has been interpreted in various ways. But basically, you see the word najd is used for a raised land. Land that is raised compared to the area that is around it. So najdain has been interpreted as the two visible places or the two visible ways. One way is the way of good, the path of good, and the other being the path of evil. So وَهَدَيْنَاهُ najdain meaning we have guided him as an informed him about what is good and about what is bad. This moral compass is placed inside of a person. Why is this mentioned? Doesn't his own heart tell him about what is right and what is wrong? If it's really sensible to waste so much money just to impress others, just to boast and show off, doesn't your heart tell you? فَلَقُتَحَمَ الْعَقَبَ He thinks he has done such a big deal that he has spent so much money. But the reality is that he has done nothing. Because فَلَا not اِقْتَحَمَ He has broken through الْعَقَبَ The difficult pass. اِقْتَحَمَ قَافْ حَمِيمٌ اِقْتِحَام is to storm, to rush into a place. So basically, rush into a place quickly without even looking. It's also used for throwing oneself into something. Throwing oneself into a place without even looking. So for example, this word is used for هَذَا فَوْجٌ مُقْتَحِمٌ This group of people is going to be thrown into the fire. And the word also applies to putting oneself into hardship, engaging in some hard, difficult work, but consistently. You know, for example, you sign up for, let's say, a workshop. Okay, it's an all-day workshop, but after a day it's done. But if you sign up, if you apply, and you get into a PhD program, what does it mean? What does it mean? 
Huh? Exactly. Putting oneself in hardship. What kind of hardship? That's just going to be there for a day or two? No, several years. Just attending classes, listening to lectures and let a professor tell you? No, no, no. It's different. This is iqtiham. And aqaba, ain qaf ba. Aqaba, narrow, difficult path. That is between mountains. So imagine mountain area, and then there's a narrow, difficult, steep path, steep road. Allah created man in hardship. Man was supposed to do what is extraordinarily difficult. But he did not do that. Instead, man wants comfort in this life. He's always looking for shortcuts. He's looking for something that will please his desire. Not what is the need of the hour. And really, if you think about it, we get so happy. Oh, I was in the mall for like six hours. And I went to this store, this store, this store. I was so hungry. But I finally found the right jacket. I finally found the right socks. And we think we, we've accomplished something so important. No. You haven't done nothing. We feel so proud when we accomplish something worldly. Right? Like for example, I got this degree. I worked so hard for these many years. I've spent so many hours, so many days. Wow, what have I achieved? You were not created for this. I'm not saying that Buying a j- jacket is useless and getting a degree is useless. It's okay, it's good, alhamdulillah. But this is not what you were made for. You were made to work for Jannah. You were not made so that you could afford a house in the world. You were made to work so that you could get yourself into paradise by Allah's mercy. وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا And what can make you know what is that عَقَبَه That difficult pass. So what is it that we should really be doing in our lives? What is it that truly matters? Is it that we manage to cook something that, that we have spent hours in and finally it turns out to be the perfect taste and the perfect texture? Is it that we get a degree after studying for a certain number of years? Or that we get married? Or that we have children? Or that our children are married off? Is that really success? No. What is real success? وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا What is it that we must push ourselves to do, to endure? فَكُّ It is the freeing of a slave. If you do that, now that is great. That is something you've accomplished. Because you have not been selfishly concerned about yourself only, you have benefited somebody else. And this is something that will benefit you in the hereafter. You see, when we spend a lot of money, we feel proud of ourselves. Yes, there is some kind of regret that, well, what did I do? 
I shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, there is a sense of pride that comes that, oh, I was actually able to afford this. This is not real achievement. Real achievement is things like فَكُّ رَقَبَهُ فَكَافْ كَافْ To set free. رَقَبَهُ What is رَقَبَهُ? Neck. Freeing a neck. Meaning setting free a human being that has been enslaved. This is difficult. And we might think, well, what's the difficulty? This is difficult. Think about Makkah. Think about a place where slavery was common. Where even free people were captured and sold as slaves. Just because of their skin color. Just because of the fact that they didn't have any support. Any family there to defend them. Or any system over there to defend them. They were captured and sold as slaves. So in that society, setting free a slave where slaves were not even regarded as human beings. This is what? This is great. فَكُّ رَقَبَهُ Worrying about others. Helping the needy. Again you see, Makki Surah. And what are the teachings that are given right at the beginning? Is it that you have to pray five times and then you have to go for hajj? Is it the details of zakat? No. They all came later in Medina. In Makkah, what is it that was emphasized? What is it that was emphasized? Hmm? And with Imaniyat, what kind of actions are emphasized? Civil rights or helping the needy. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever frees a believing slave, Allah will free for every limb of the slave, one of his limbs from the fire. You understand? The Arabs took a lot of pride in wasting money. But at the same time, there were human beings who were enslaved, who could be set free, who could be given freedom so that they could live normal lives. But spending on them, letting them go, was something they would never even think about. فَكُّ أَوْ إِطْعَامٌ Or feeding. فِي يَوْمٍ Meaning feeding the hungry. فِي يَوْمٍ In a day, that is the مَسْغَبَ That is of مَسْغَبَ Severe hunger. What is مَسْغَبَ? سِينْ غَيْنْبَ مَسْغَبَ is basically when no one has anything to eat. Meaning everyone is out of food. So if in such a situation where everybody is hungry, nobody has food, and you get some food, which means that you're also hungry, so at that time, not just thinking about yourself, I should go hide somewhere and eat this. No. Giving it to who? To who? To those who are hungry. And if you take food to the hungry, what does it mean? There's nothing that's going to be left for you. أَوْ إِطْعَامٌ فِي يَوْمٍ ذِي مَسْغَبَ Feeding others the food that you are hungry for. Yes.
Yes. Freeing a slave, uh, yes, primarily it means freeing an actual slave, but this can also be understood in other ways. That for example, if a, if a person is under debt, such debt that really they are enslaved, they have no freedom. So helping them come out of that debt also. That is a form of fakkuraqaba. Another form of slavery that exists today is that people are enslaved to what? Their own desires. So setting them free from the shackles of their own desires. How? By telling them about Allah, by telling them about the hereafter, by instilling in them the love of Allah, hope for the for the hereafter. So fakkuraqaba aw it'amun fi yawmin dhi masghaba yatiman the maqraba. Yatiman, an orphan, meaning feeding an orphan. Which orphan? The maqraba of near relationship. Meaning the orphan that is also related to you. On this day, feeding the orphan. Why? Because on a day of hunger, who would care about an orphan? People would basically care about themselves. But the one who thinks about others when he himself is in need, that person has achieved something worthwhile. أَوْ مِسْكِينًا Or feeding a needy person. Which needy person? ذَا مَتْرَبَهُ The one who is in misery. مَتْرَبَهُ تَعْرَبَ Turab. What does turab mean? Dust, mud. So ذَا مَتْرَبَهُ Meaning one who is covered in mud because of his poverty. How can a person be covered in mud? He doesn't have new clothes. He doesn't have a home to take a shower in. He doesn't have soap. He doesn't have a bed to lie down on. He doesn't have a chair to sit on. He doesn't have a place called home. He's been traveling for weeks and weeks, displaced for so long that he hasn't had a proper bed to sleep on. أَوْ مِسْكِينًا ذَا ثُمَّ كَانَ Then he was مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Of those who believe وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ And who advise one another with patience وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْمَرْحَمَ And advise one another to compassion. You see, Iman is mentioned over here. Because for these deeds to carry on into the hereafter, for these deeds to mean something in the hereafter, a person must fulfill the condition of the condition of Iman. So, ثُمَّ كَانَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Iman is conditional. In Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 19, وَمَنْ أَرَادَ الْآخِرَةَ وَسَعَى لَهَا سَعْيَهَا وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَأُولَٰئِكَ كَانَ سَعْيُهُمْ مَشْكُورًا Then the next thing that's mentioned is وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ That who is it that has gone into the most difficult passage, the one who has really endeavored in, in life the way he should have endeavored. Meaning, who is it that has really done something in life? Those who have iman and watawasaw bis-sabr, who encourage each other to observe patience. Patience over what? Over Allah's decree. Patient over what? Over that which is right. Because that also requires patience, doesn't it? You know that something is right, you have to do it. 
But your nafs says otherwise. So holding yourself firm on that. وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرُ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْمَرْحَمَةِ And who encouraged each other, advised each other to be compassionate. مَرْحَمَةِ What is مَرْحَمَةِ? Mercy, compassion. Tawasi is from the root letters وَوْصَادِيَةِ And tawasi is to do wasiya to one another. What is wasiya? An important instruction that you give with a lot of emphasis. تَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْمَرْحَمَةِ So the one who wants to meet Allah, happy, while he is happy and he has pleased Allah, should use their time well. And how should they do that? Using the resources that Allah has given them, the blessings that Allah has given them, to do what really matters. The aqabah. And what is it that really matters? The actions that are mentioned over here. Ula'ika, those are the ones who are Ashabul Maimana. They are the people of the right. They will be given their book of deeds in their right hands. Walladina kafaru bi ayatina. And those people who deny our verses, our signs, hum ashabul mash'ama, they are the companions of the left. They will be given their record in the left. عَلَيْهِمْ نَارٌ مُؤْصَدَ Over them will be fire that is مُؤْصَدَ that is closed in and enclosing fire Hamza صَاد دَال إِصَاد وَصِيد وَصِيد is basically the entrance وَكَلْبُهُمْ بَاسِطٌ ذِرَاعَيْهِ بِالْوَصِيدِ the entrance you see Mu'sada is that whose entrance is closed. Whose entrance is closed. Meaning there's no exit out of it. There's no way out of it. No window, no door, no hole, no crack, nothing. It's sealed, it's closed. So alayhim narum mu'sada, fire will be closed on them. Meaning there will be no escape from this hellfire for them. إِنَّا أَعْتَدْنَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ نَارًا أَحَاطَ بِهِمْ سُرَادِقُهَا Its walls will surround them. Let's listen to the recitation of the surah.